You're ready to be premature wow, all over again. <laughs> wow, that's, that's impressive. Quick, quick reset. Yeah. Quick reset. Last night was Ramos Jizz. A Jizz. Who knew the job was pro bono? I was so high that um, I shit myself at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get still here. Somebody, somebody, everybody mute. Goddamn, you can. <laughs> My SEAL Team 6 with the SEAL Team 12. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with punching above your weight. I thought you'd get better. Well, I don't know what's worse. You're a ginger or you've been vaccinated. You sit around and drink and solve the world's problems, right? Hey, let's go ahead and unwrap this present <laughs> so, uh, and let the debate begin. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is a new week, new topic. This one ought to be a good one. We are lucky enough to have a guest with us. Grinch was... was sweet enough to invite a guest into the studio with the quattro horsemen so i'm sorry cringe what is it quattro what it's quattro yanetes yanetes <laughs> the four horsemen so he was he was kind enough to invite a guest into the studio today so we have uh, a guest with us uh goes by the name of richard ojeda he is former military u.s army retired former politician for the United States, actually, specifically in West Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so we are going to have a fun show today. Get ready. Uh, we are looking forward to it. As always, gentlemen, how is everybody doing today? Airborne. Airborne. <laughs> Shit, the rest of us can't say that. That's not fair. All right. Uh, Richard, thank you for being here as our guest. We appreciate you jumping in and, and spending some time with us. We hope that it is not too painful. Get ready. As I said, welcome to the jungle. We like to have a good time, but obviously the topic is the focus, and we are looking forward to what you bring to the table. So. As I said, Richard Ojeda, if you would very quickly like to give us just a quick, you know, one, two minute bio about yourself, give us your background for our listeners so they know who you are, where you've been and what you've done. And then we will jump into our topic. Well, uh, you know, I grew up in a place where when I graduated high school, I had three choices. It was dig coal, sell dope, join the army. Uh, so since half of my family were coal miners and the other half of my families were the bad guys, uh, <laughs> it was easiest for me just to say I'm going to join the military. So I was enlisted. Uh, for, for quite a while. And then uh, all of a sudden, I got told that my battalion, not battalion commander, but my company commander had put me in for a scholarship to switch over to become an officer. And, uh, and I did that. Uh, you know, I, I, I spent 24 years total in the military. And when I got out, uh, I got into politics. And I got into politics because I returned to my hometown and I had no desire to be a politician. I'd never met a politician in my life that I ever shook their hand, didn't want to immediately purell up immediately following because most of them are all a bunch of shysters anyway uh but i got home and found that literally every politician was nothing but a damn guy that had their hand in the cookie jar and as a person who spent so much time in the military you know we understand what leadership is we've seen it we've served directly under it you know i mean we had some amazing leaders back in the day and then we get home and we see these civilian leaders and uh they're all just a bunch of shit bags if you ask me and that's when I decided to challenge him. And, and oh, by the way, you may not know this, but it ended with me taking a pipe to the back of the head and eight broken bones in my face with brass knuckles because friggin' they knew I was going to win. And three days later, I won my state Senate seat from the emergency room of Charleston Area Medical Center while I was getting facial reconstruction surgery. Oh, shit. Well, Jesus. you know, I, I did know some of that because I did Google your ass. You know, when he told <laughs> me you were coming on, I was like, Google. Um, and it's interesting because I know 
coming from West Virginia. I have ties to West Virginia. My grandfather on my mother's side was born in Bluefield. My wife's family is from McDowell County, and I'm I'm sure you know it. Um, of course. And so it was interesting when I did Google you and I'm like, holy shit, he actually ran in the West Virginia Senate. One, you were in District 7, which is just kind of north of where my wife's family's from in, yeah. in McDowell. Uh, and it, and I know, and I joked with my wife about this, I said, uh, when I read your bio and it was talking about those three choices you had, I'm like, well, your grandfather did moonshine. Was moonshine not an option in West Virginia, like as an option? <laughs> but uh, apparently, obviously, you took the better road in, in terms of going in the military. But, uh, you know, we do appreciate you being here, taking the time out of your day to spend it with us, Knucklehead. So thank you so much. Uh, I am going to ask because we obviously go around the room and we find out what everybody's drinking as a spirited debate. We bring a spirit to the table. That drink can be in any form you like. What did you bring today? I brought a Michelob Ultra to the table. Oh, you're watching your weight. And still having a drink. I like it. No, no, I'm not watching my weight. <laughs> like I said, I would much rather feel better if I had a Guinness sitting in front of me right now. I'll tell you that. There you go. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, Grinch, since you brought him here, I would love to know what you are drinking for this episode, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, I found this like five minutes ago, and it uses some similar things that I had. It's called the Chi-Chi. Uh, it's like a pina colada without the rum. So it's vodka. Pineapple juice, cream of coconut. And there you go. Easy so, peasy. The cheese vodka you're using. I use that, uh... that. The stuff I still had, the effing blood orange. Or the, the blood orange. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. you go. All right. Uh, Haas, I made you go last on our last episode. So what are you doing today, brother? I'm doing a dark and stormy. Oh, rum. Yeah, yeah some ginger. rum, some ginger beer. Look yep. at you. Everybody's going easy. No. Got a Michelob Ultra <laughs> with seven shots. Going yeah. easy. <laughs> Going easy. You want to come over and start drinking these with me there? Steve? Look, I know you're six hours ahead of us, so you've been drinking most of the day. So you're ready for this one. That's all that matters. Mac, what about you, brother? What'd you bring? Look, I I, I knew we were going to have Richard on Margarita. today. So I, I tried to bring some uh, some class to this whole proceeding. Nobody needs to. You were right. <laughs> Clearly, I poured uh, three fingers of Blanton's over a block of ice. Is that bullshit? That is not bullshit. Hold that up. You're a liar. Okay. Uh, Apparently, I've been drinking a little too much already. I just spilled the He was doing something to to kind of like because of me. If it was because of me, it would have been like Natty Light or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea. (laughs) A little little orange slice in there. Fat Thor's been home and visited his his wife's family. He knows the deal. (laughs) No, fair enough. Nice. So just blends. That's it. Blends just blends over. a little orange slice in there. That's okay. That's okay, man. I appreciate you bringing up the nice. big ones. Uh, all right. I will go last. I did myself a little Mexican mule. Unlike Mac, I actually put it in a copper plated thing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's real copper. Maybe it's plated. I don't give a shit. A little uh, Terramana tequila from Dwayne the Rock Johnson, a little lime juice and a little ginger beer, something easy peasy. Uh, it's just going down. I think you just it's muted just going yourself. Downhill. <laughs> look i can do editing but there's only so much i can do mag don't go making this look bad uh, i think I, I think that ship's already sailed there you go all right well gentlemen as always cheers richard thank you for being cheers. here another cheers. great show all right let's go to work so our topic for today we we kind of threw this one out uh when grinch was gracious enough to invite richard on the show because of Richard's background in both the military and politics, we thought this might be a good time because recently, if, unless, as I always say, unless you've been living under a rock, you are aware that the January 6th 
uh, investigative commission just uh, aired some footage. There was a hearing just recently that they showcased where they talked about what happened on January 6th. We saw some footage that had not previously been released, and we heard from a few individuals in regards to that day. So we thought this would be a good time to discuss both that and kind of the state of American politics. We wanted to talk about kind of where things are at, both from the left and the right, where we're at, and how that kind of informs the larger uh, narrative of American politics right now. And that's why we thought it was a perfect time to bring on someone like Richard, who has a background in politics in the state of West Virginia, but also has a perspective about politics on a national level. So again, Richard, thank you for being here. That's our topic. Uh, Grinch, I don't know if you would like to start us off in terms of where you want to take this. I mean, I'll just make a quick opening statement and then we'll kind of tee up a question that, that I'll hand over to you, OJ, which is you got the January 6th hearing, which Fox News didn't even fucking air. And then proceeded in the following segments to say it was a non-issue. It was a non-event from a year and a half ago. And this is from the same crew who is doing Benghazi trials for four years, you know, it, it, that's what blows my mind. And, and so, I mean, OG, I just don't get it. I mean, does Fox News just not even care anymore that they're only catering to whatever percent of the population? And, and I Us. think real, real quick, maybe if, if you don't mind, I think it's important to note that not only did they not air it, they went uninterrupted for an hour. So nobody could accidentally wander over to the January 6th trial and, and, and not come back. Right. It was actually over two hours that they went uninterrupted. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and here's the thing is that, you know, obviously they don't want their followers, their viewers to hop over to see what's going on. Because the truth is, is that what these people have done in terms of the January 6th hearing is they have absolutely put together an amazing piece of work that's going to use Republicans, Republican words directly against them. When you heard within the first five minutes Bill Barr say that he absolutely said that the big lie was bullshit, that the things that they were talking about was bullshit. When you had Ivanka Trump come on there and basically say that she believed Bill Barr, because at the end of the day, she knows what her father is. And anybody who's read any books like Michael Cohen's book, like like Mary Trump's book, you know, this guy come up in a, in a world where he was never held accountable for anything. You know, here was a guy who took his ball and went home always. He always got away because there was always somebody out there that was willing to swoop in and protect him. And you know what? He don't have anybody to be able to swoop and protect him for this because what he did was he caused a absolute coup to take place in our nation's capital. And look, Democrats suck too. So I'm not going <laughs> to sit here. Look, I, I, I tell people all the time. You want to know how come the Democrats lost a lot of power over the years? Because they sucked. Because <laughs> like in West Virginia, you had a, a Nick Joe Rahal who would show up to, uh, one week before the election, write three checks to the three biggest crooks, and then he would disappear and we wouldn't see him again. And that's how politicians on both sides are acting. But in this case right here, the, the Fox News does not want their viewers to hop over because they know their viewers are poorly educated. But they also know that a lot of their viewers, when they hop over, and oh, by the way, polling has showed this, when they hop over after hearing everything that Fox News told them, and they hear somebody else's perspective, sometimes they tend to believe the perspective. And that's what Fox News is scared about. And that's why they're not allowing anything. And you know what? Tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, 
they'll probably be running Tucker or, or Hannity again and with no commercials. Grinch is a big fan of both Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, you, you know, know you have wet dreams about him. Don't lie. Right. Yeah, That's being right. locked in a room with him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With a yeah. baseball bat. Uh, yeah. You know, Grinch said he, he did preface this entire thing before you came on that you were a straight shooter. You didn't fuck about. And, you know, so clearly you are passionate in terms of your approach. Now, I did want to point out in, in terms of the fact that I did Google you, you are a Democrat, which is perfectly fine that you feel that there is a portion of obviously the Democratic Party that are dipshits. And we've talked about this on our show previously. We, we kind of hammer on the Republicans, but we also know there is a portion of any party that are just naturally dipshits. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I look, look, if I could hold friggin', you know, Joe Manchin underwater until the bubbles stop, I would. I don't give a shit. I think he's a complete <laughs> worthless sack of shit. He don't represent anybody but himself. Uh, but you know what? Another thing, you know, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, when I was in the military, we had solid leaders. But, you know, I never really cared much about politics. All I gave a shit about was the beans and the bullets. What president is going to help us to be able to do our job? You know, when Bill, Bill Clinton was the president, I can remember the last three months of the fiscal year getting on the back of a deuce and a half vehicle, driving down Salerno drop zone, and every five seconds, somebody jumping out the back of the deuce and a half, basically simulating an airborne operation because we didn't have the money to put fuel in the, in the aircraft to do actual airborne operations. So, you know, I was like, Democrats suck because they don't give us what we need. And then when the Republicans would take over, we got more than what we needed. It was like people were, were robbing the government blind and it was OK to do so. But, you know, once again, when I got out of the military, I realized I'm a liberal. I don't think that people should die because they don't have money. I don't think that elderly people should should be stuck to where they're having to choose between medicine that keeps them alive and food on their table. So I kind of lean more liberal, you know, but I own guns. You know, uh, I, I, I don't think I want anybody to come try to take what I have, but I also don't need to have an M249 Bravo to feel like I'm a badass to go buy myself a Subway sandwich, uh, you know, at a local you know, eatery. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing we, you know, in terms of us covering gun control and Mac will tell you, he's a big proponent of, you know, legalizing open carry for shovels, which I think is a genius idea because if you beat somebody to death, you then have the implement to bury the body. Exactly. That's just smart. But it's just uh, it's efficiency. It's, it's, it's efficient, right? right? You just have what one piece of equipment, it, right? Multi cover everything you need. Yeah. That's it. It is. It's worth saying, uh, OJ. Uh, none of us, and maybe this is a sign of the times too. None of us are politically affiliated, like registered with a party. That's actually which, not true. Uh, I'm registered. Okay, I've just okay, I'm I'm been too, I've been too lazy. <laughs> he's, to too, he's too. He's too timid to just like uh, Republican. I, I, I mean, he found point, it easier to just instead of unregistered. I'm just gonna move out of the country. Problem solved. Well, well <laughs> I, I'm living in the enemy camp, so I can you know see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I totally understand that. I totally understand. You know, right now I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, you know, how could the Democrats lose power because they're saying that we're gonna lose the House in November? But then you realize, you know, look. The president doesn't set the price of gas, but there are some things that he could be doing right now that could be helping us at the pumps. Right. And if 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 the Democrats don't come out and do something quickly about this, you know, you can't sit and say we're going to win everything because we're going to show how corrupt Donald Trump was. That ain't going to do jack shit mm -hmm. about people at the midterm elections. 
you know, what's going to happen is, is inflation is going to kick us in the ass. And it's a worldwide problem. But the people in the United States of America only focus on the United States of America. They don't realize Haas right now is living in Europe. Right now, it's over two euros for a liter of gas. And there's four liters in a gallon of gas. It's over eight euros a gallon. And oh, by the way, that's over nine dollars in the United States. So people don't realize that. All they care about, oh, it's five dollars here. We're doing far better. But it doesn't mean that our government shouldn't be doing something right now to, to lower this price at the pump, that we are allowing these corporations to rob us blind. And my thing is, is until we see somebody's got the fucking balls, that's going to freaking hold these corporations accountable and knock that shit off. Then, then the Democrats possibly could lose power. Right. I uh, love I, this guy. That's all got, I got. He's say. got passion. He's got passion. And, and I agree with everything I, I he's about, saying. Yeah. He, he, we might have a replacement. Well, uh, for who? <laughs> for who? Be real fucking careful. I edit. So all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, is it's Sunday at two o'clock and uh, look, I can hop. I'm pretty much open. So I, I'm enjoying this. There we go. No, I think it's yeah. great. I, you're, 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 you're spot on. I do have an interesting question that I would like to pose to you, Richard, because yep. you did run for Senate in West Virginia. Yep. Uh, I'm curious if maybe you know or you can shed some light for me. I am I am liberal by nature. Uh, West Virginia is currently fourth or fifth in terms of the poverty level in the United States. Why the fuck would that state vote 62% for Donald Trump, who, who is clearly not a guy that understands poverty? Well, first and foremost, understand this. Do you know that when I was running for Congress and I was number one out of all 435 races in flipping red votes blue, Donald Trump come to West Virginia and he pronounced my name Ojeda while speaking about the caravan. And we watched my numbers drop. I was winning. That was an R plus 54 state. I was actually winning. You know, that it, it, I'll tell you, I tell people. I hate to say it, but it's 98.6% white. So what's your problem with color? And of course, the caravan, when polled, was the number one issue during that election. The caravan. People in West Virginia, white people in West Virginia were worried that somebody who doesn't even speak English, who's walking from Guatemala, dragging three kids along the way, is going to come all the way to friggin' McDowell County and take your bullshit job. To what? And guess coal? what? And, and, and the thing is, is if a person can walk from Guatemala and take your job in West Virginia, then you made shitty decisions in life. That's on you. That's on you. You, you probably deserve to lose that job. Exactly. <laughs> but once again, it's 98%, 8% white. And then do you think the coal industry isn't saying, hey, come on, all you uh, African-Americans, come work for us. It's just as racist as anything. It's a bunch of freaking racist ass people. And that's what drove me crazy. And, you know, it's like it's like it's like racism kills you. And, and, and look, you know, in politics, a lot of politicians, they want to they want to walk on the edge. They want they don't want to piss off either side. I don't give a fuck. It don't bother me because I'm going to say what needs to be said. And the mere fact that I got beat in West Virginia when I should have absolutely won that race. I got beat in West Virginia by a woman that didn't even campaign. And all she did was put out commercials and said, I'm going to do whatever Donald Trump wants. 
Do you know for 12 years that woman was a delegate in West Virginia? And for 12 years, do you know what her only task was? As a delegate, a person who is a legislator, her only responsibility was is once a year, she had to take everybody's order for the Speaker of the House's dinner. Everybody, don't forget, it's filet mignon. Let me know your order. <laughs> that was all she did. And, and, and the only legislation that she ever pushed was, I, I want to make the Bible the state book. Fuck you. Get out of here with that bullshit. You know what I did? You don't know what I did? Do you want to know what I did in my first 60 days as a legislator? In my first 60 days, I made West Virginia the 29th state to become legal for medical cannabis. I got that shit nice. done. Not one single legislator would support me. And finally, I got the people behind me and I got that shit done. You know what I did the very next 60 days? I, I, I gave the speech that started the teacher strike that spread across the country. I got corrections to pay raises. I got shit done. I got a friggin' Supreme Court justice impeached in West Virginia. I got that shit done. And you know what? I am not at all missing West Virginia because I busted my ass for that state. I got shit done. And those people still sold me down the river. And you know what? The unions and some of the Democrats sold me down the river the very next election. So I'm happy to be in North Carolina. As far as I'm concerned, West Virginia is in my past. And I don't give two shits about it. Fuck them. Fuck Joe Grinch. Hey, hey Grinch. <laughs> Grinch, you and I need to get together right now and start printing up T-shirts, banners. I know who I want. Oh, I'm voting for next in North Carolina. In North Carolina. I'm hey, writing hey, your hey, name well, in, Richard. No, no, all joking aside, Richard, yeah. would you okay. consider running again? After Let me your tell experience? you this. Let me tell you this. And I'll tell you, this, is what different, this is how I differ from other politicians. I don't need to be a politician. I don't need your fucking job. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I don't need to freaking right. run around here and walk on eggshells to please you. And, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, the Democratic Party has cut away from me. I gave a speech in Charleston, West Virginia, that absolutely friggin' rocked the friggin' folks in that friggin' audience. And you know what? Immediately after that speech, the person that's in charge of the DMC pretty much basically tried to separate themselves. Because the truth is, is they can't stand on a stage with me. When I, and I'm not trying to act like I'm all that in a bag of chips because I'm not. But I can tell you that there's a lot of people in the Democratic Party that run. And let's say this. Uh, is everybody on here veterans? No, no just you no. and I. Just, okay. you, just okay. you two. Okay. I'm going to tell you. I, one thing about politics that I saw that is absolutely out there is that when you see a politician that's out there that's beating their chest and telling you about how they're, they fought for this country, blah, blah, blah. Dave will tell you. Me and Dave grew up in the airborne community. We grew up in the sapper communities. That's We were always in light airborne sapper units, solid units, 10th Mountain Division, 2nd Infantry Division, 82nd Airborne Division. That's where we come from. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing these people that are politicians when I get into that world. And I realize that nine out of 10 are lawyers, military lawyers. <laughs> Every one of them joined the friggin' military. Most of it was the guard to check the block and say, we're soldiers. So they could run for office and claim that veterans need to support me. Look, I don't give a shit. What's his name? Buttigieg. Is that his name? Look, I, yeah. I look, I agree with most of the things that he says, but I said this in the beginning when he first decided he was going to throw his hat in the ring and run for president. I told the democratic party, you better be careful because they're going to freaking swift boat his ass because he can stand here all day long and talk about when Donald Trump was doing this, I was packing my gear for Afghanistan. Yeah. But you wasn't going into any combat frigging roles. Mm -hmm. 
you went over there, you spent a, you spent a short period of time, you checked that block and you went back. You know, I had a guy in West Virginia that always wore his army accommodation little baby pin on his uniform all the time. And, uh, you know, once again, he posted, you know, you can look at these people's pictures. Go to my Facebook, look at my pictures. I got frigging countless pictures of me. I was outside the wire almost every frigging day, except when I was a chief of staff, which, which, which is where Dave re- re- replaced me up. And you know what? We worked our frigging asses off on that frigging job. But you can go look at my pictures. You can see that guy that was in West Virginia that was a lawyer. He had a picture of him facing talking to somebody and all you can see is the back of their head wearing a turban and Dave, you know what I'm going, how many of these places in any combat zone can you go to where there's a bazaar on the camp (laughs) and they will allow you to frigging put on that garb that they wear in the middle East. And I can guarantee you that that was probably that guy's buddy soldier in the back. You know, he was trying to make it look like he was staged photo. Uh It's a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) They're all like that. You know, I don't know. I I, I think I might have got off track. That's okay. What made you want to get into politics? I mean, obviously you're looking at, especially from a West Virginia perspective going, it's shit. If you've ever watched, you ever watched Fahrenheit 11, nine, no more. Well, I was in there and, uh, you can Google that. Just go type Richard Ojeda Fahrenheit 11.9 and you can watch my, my spot on that. Uh, I tell him that I could take him to places that the kids in my backyard have it worse than the kids in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I can prove it. And I can prove it over and over again. And your wife, Fat Thor, coming from McDowell County, that's where you can easily prove it as well. Because let me tell you something, in Iraq and Afghanistan, if a child or a parent is killed, the village will raise the child. The village elder will absolutely make sure that they take care of those children. But you don't have that shit in America. Mom and dad is addicted to drugs and they're in jail. Then children are living with grandparents and they're fighting tooth and nail just to keep the free lunch program operational. Because if it's not for the free lunch program, those kids don't get food. In the summertime where I come from, they have to run a friggin' lunch program. And every morning, the kids got to get up and run all the way down to the school. And they got to eat their breakfast, and which is a little box of cereal, a thing of milk, and, and, and like a, a cheese sandwich, a grilled cheese. And then they leave with the bag that has an apple and a sandwich and another Capri Sun in it. And that's their lunch. And those kids don't get to sleep late on the weekends. They don't get to play video games at 3 o'clock in the morning. Because if they don't get up at 6.30, they don't eat that day. And that's reality. And nobody does jack shit about these people. Nobody has stepped up and done shit. When I started, when I moved back, I started teaching. And I'm the reason why they created an ROTC program in my county. And we become the second largest program in the state. And they killed my program because they did not like me and how so many parents were saying, wow, Ojeda brought a great program here. I started a nonprofit organization called LEAD, and I sent 6,000 kids to school with new shoes on their feet. And still, they, they refused to support my LEAD organization, and eventually everything had to shut down. So I left West Virginia, and I'm not looking back because I don't have to. And as far as being a politician, I don't have to be one. But make no mistake about it. I am not going to throw my hat in the ring unless I know for a fact that I will have the support of the unions and of the working class and of the Democrats. 
because I ain't doing what I did this last race. I ran for Senate in West Virginia and the very unions that I fought the hardest for. When I was a senator, they would come to me and they would say, hey, uh, Major Ojeda or Senator Ojeda. And they'd say, hey, and then hand me a piece of paper. And they say, hey, could you push this? Could you push this in legislation? Could you stand up and fight this battle today for us on this floor? And I would do it because I support unions so heartily. And those very same unions stabbed me in the back because they crawled in bed with Shelley Moore Capito. And they even got a guy to jump in the race at the last minute to take votes away from me so that Shelley Moore Capito could get the very person on the Democratic Party that she wanted, which was a woman by the name of uh, Paula Jean Swearingen, who was a complete nutter train wreck. And they were able to take votes away from me to get her to win the primary. And then Shelly Moore destroyed her in the, Shelly Moore didn't want me because I'm like, I look at, a, at an election like it's a combat deployment. You get off the plane, you go nonstop until it's time to get back on the plane and go home. I will friggin' follow you to the ends of the earth. I'll sleep under a fucking bridge, but you're not going to friggin' avoid me. And I'm going to call you out and we're going to debate whether you like it or not, whether it's in Wendy's parking lot or on the news, I don't care. So ultimately, I think what you're saying is in North Carolina, West Virginia's in your rear view, in your yep. rear view, North Carolina, you won't enter politics unless you feel it is the ideal situation. It's, no, not, not the ideal situation. I don't care about the ideal situation. I'm not saying that the only way I run is if I win. That's not it. All I'm saying is, is I want to make sure that I'm not going to be left out there to dry. I want to make sure that I'm not being invited into a race with the you know, promise of support only to use me to hurt somebody else so you can get this freaking guy in. Because make no mistake about it, politics are that dirty. Politics mm. are ugly. And I never in my life wanted to get into politics. You know, I had no idea that just because I had the ability to rip this asshole apart, who for over 35 <laughs> years had controlled my hometown with an iron fist. If you said anything to him, he would have you fired. He would have your family members fired. This is Logan County. And I, I, I would go onto the stage and make him look like a complete and utter asshole. I mean, I made him one time get up and leave before he even got to speak because I called his ass out on a crime that he was doing to everybody in the crowd. And he couldn't, he couldn't answer for it. I beat him. But it almost cost me my life. It almost cost me my life. And the entire court system screwed me over. The guy who, the guy who tried to murder me didn't do six months in jail. Eight wow. broken bones. Both eye sockets collapsed. Both nasal passages collapsed. Four breaks on my jaw. And that freaking guy got this. Because once again, he's, his family name controlled politics in West Virginia for freaking 30 years. So as you, as you look at, I know, you know, there's a lot going on there in that story with West Virginia, but as we look at the national stage, I mean, what, what do you see? I mean, like I said, I, I demographics tell you the Republican party is not offering a broader tent. They're catering to extremists and it just repeats in an echo chamber over and over again. So they have to know there's no path forward to that. You know, despite how many times you say critical race theory or replacement theory or whatever, yeah, no, well, you know, I'll tell you, and that's what bothers me. When everybody says, well, we're going to lose big in the midterms. How? How can we lose big in the midterms? You know, are you mean to tell me that Matt Gates is going to win? That Marjorie right. Trainwreck Green is going to win? That Lauren Boebert's going to win? That Paul Gosser's going to win? Are you telling me that these freaking jackaloons are going to win? Because to me, they absolutely can't. How could they win? But, you know, it's like 
we should be doing so much more. If we're going to sit here and do nothing while the gas prices continue to rise. And remember, they don't, President Biden does not control the price of gas, but President Biden does have the ability to do something to help the people. There's no reason why President Biden can't right now step in and stick it to every friggin' damn big energy company that exists. But he's not doing that. And the price is going up and up and up. I got a message to a guy today that's with me on the No Dim Left Behind. Uh, 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 you know, uh, I'm, I'm the national spokesman for No Dim Left Behind. He is the executive director. He messaged me and said, I just filled my car up today at $7 a gallon. He lives in downtown Chicago. You know, and, and he said, if this keeps going like this, we are not going to win in the midterms. And there's no reason why Joe Biden should not be doing something. Because I'm telling you right now, gas is absolutely something. And once again, it's, he doesn't dictate it. But if he doesn't do anything about it, it's going to get worse. And people are going to all they give a shit about is the pump right now. That's all they care about. Why, why do you think he's not doing anything? I don't know. You know, I'm starting to think first and foremost, I hate to say it, but it also comes down to politics because probably at the end of the day, there's a time when Joe Biden probably was in their back pocket too. You know, and he probably don't want them to come out and lash out at him for that bullshit. Nothing surprises me when it comes to politics. I'm going to tell you the level of corruption happens everywhere, even on the state level. You know, when I was fighting to make West Virginia the 29th state for medical cannabis, and I finally went to the friggin' chairman of the friggin' Health and Human Resources Committee, and I looked him in the face and I said, why are you not running my bill? And he looked at me and he said, Big Pharma don't like it. And I told him, fuck Big Pharma, and I guess you're in the pockets of Big Pharma. And then I walked over to my desk and I grabbed the microphone. And the one thing about West Virginia with the microphone is, is when you are a senator and you grab the microphone, every camera in that entire room <laughs> zooms in on you. And I lit their asses up and called them all out for being in the pockets of Big Pharma. And once again, that speech was went all over. And the next thing you know, the Republican Party had to shut their computers down and shut their phone lines down because they were getting thousands upon thousands of calls from people in West Virginia screaming, we want medical cannabis. I couldn't agree more. Uh, corruption, corruption. Grinch, you are not bullshitting that he is a straight shooter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I told you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you. Uh, yeah, but, but not... understand, I don't know everything. I don't, I don't <clears throat> claim to know everything. But all I know is that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a form, I support unions, even the ones that stab me in the back. I support their union members. I think their union leadership should be frigging skull drug. But as far as the members of the unions itself, I support them wholeheartedly. And, and well, I think for the most part, they know that. And, and I think I can speak for Fat Thor on this. We, oh. we say that. What? Yeah, I'm no, going to speak for don't, you. No, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, you can back it up later. Um, we think it's a good, I think it's a good thing. I think this is what, you know, America needs more of is people that are, you know, in politics, but are not politicians, you know, no, and I, and I no, think, wait a minute. And, and I'm not uh, saying you're wrong, but Trump oh, wait, wait. was in politics and was wasn't a politician. Real careful. I'm just playing Let me fucking finish. Okay. Sorry. And I, I mean, I think that you saw that with Trump, right? Is I, I think a lot of people, and that's why a lot of people, you know, you had your hardcore Republicans that were going to vote Republican no matter what, right? You had the, and Richard, you used the word followers uh, earlier when talking about, you know, uh, Fox. And I think that's a fantastic word because that's what they are. They're followers. They don't know what the hell is going on. They just follow blindly. They don't think for themselves. Right? They, they, we're going to follow him no matter what. 
but you had a large population, I think, that, that is kind of in that middle that thought, you know, okay, yeah, this guy can be good for us. But he was a businessman as well. And, and I think he was in it for himself. So, I mean, I think, yeah, I think you need somebody that's a politician that's not in politics, but, but isn't all, you know, he wasn't in it from a politician standpoint, but he was still in it for himself, right? Let me, let me tell you this. Let me tell you something that's easiest for me. And Dave is in the same boat. And, and, and you know, the military actually does have a very good retirement system. Uh, you know, after 20 years, you retire at 50% of your base pay. And for every year you spend after that is another 2.5% added onto it. I'm going to tell you also that we have a really good disability system in this, in the country, uh, because they look at everything that happened to you over the course of your career. I got trench foot on my feet when I was a young private in Germany back in 1990. Guess what? When I retired, they gave me 10% for trench foot on my feet. I had a foot surgery. They gave me 10 foot. 10% for it. I had three knee surgeries. They gave me 10% for right knee, 10% left knee, lower back, mid back, upper back, neck, slip discs all over. I've had traumatic brain injury from explosions that I've been in. I've had severe hearing loss, uh, you know, Meniere's disease they diagnosed me with. I have to sleep with a CPAP machine because I can't breathe at night. All these different things, it all adds up. So when you get your retirement pay, plus you get your disability, regardless if it's 10% or 100%, you get whatever it falls on, that's what you get. And you get that for the rest of your life. I'm never living under a bridge. If I lose everything today, I still have enough coming in every month that me and my wife will never live under a bridge. That gives me the ability to have some freedom of movement to say, you ain't going to fuck with me. You're not going to fire me. When I ran for con, when I ran for, uh, not for state senate, I told that asshole, you're not going to freaking go ruin my family's life because you can't. So it gave me that freedom. A lot of people don't have the freedom to do that. A lot of people fear that if they throw their hat in the ring for politics, it's going to come back on them negatively. And it does in many ways. So that's why a lot of people doesn't step up to the plate. You know, I, you know, it, I have no problems running for office. If, if Madison Cawthorn lived in my neck of the woods, I would absolutely go for him. Because, uh, I mean, I'd shove a stick in his friggin' daggone spokes and roll him down a flight of stairs. I don't give a shit. You know, Madison Cawthorn, Madison Cawthorn is the person who makes me glad and hope to believe that there will be a stairway to heaven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, fuck him. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, you know, like I said, I don't have to. If the Democratic Party in the state of North Carolina came to me and said, look, we want somebody like you. We want somebody that's no nonsense. As long as they know, you're not going to tell me what to do. You're not going to come to me and tell me, this is what we want you to push. If I believe in it, I'll push it. If I don't, I won't. So that's the key. I just want to make sure that I'm not going to get, you know, stabbed in the back because I've been done that way a few times in politics. And let me tell you something. It really does suck. Is that why you stepped away from West Virginia politics? Because I know, I, again, when I was looking at it, it was like trying to get things done there. Was you were so bogged it, down in all the bullshit? Yeah. It was. It was bullshit. And then at the end of the day, I mean, I, I dealt with a bunch of friggin' knuckleheads. I had one guy that used to go online and talk shit about me, and of course, he was a coward. I ran into him face to face and said, "Let's mean you go fist fight." Of course, then he's like, "Why is it got to be all violent? Because you run your mouth on social media and act like you want to be a badass, and you're not." But I mean, at the end of the day, I got just tired of that bullshit. I got tired of working my ass off. 
I get calls. I would get calls three, four times a day from people. We need you. Help us here. And I'm like, but none of you all stepped up for me when I was running for office to try to help you. You allow me. Some of you people I got online and I could see where you badmouthed me for some stupid shit, which was absolute bullshit. So, you know, I looked at this one day and, and we started thinking, why should we stay in this place? I built my retirement home there, but why should I waste my time staying in a place where it's always a fist fight, where every time I go to Walmart, I have to be ready to throw hands. So, you know, we basically started saying we want to buy us a big piece of property that's got a, a pond on it. And we want to build us a compound. And I'm talking about my house, my sister's and their husband's homes, uh, my mother-in-law's home. And we found that here in North Carolina. And uh, I got a three-acre pond out here. It's stocked full of fish. I'm living in a camper right now while they're building my retirement home. Uh, but this is exactly where I want to be. I'm very close to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, so I can go there for the class six and the commissary if I want. I'm very close to a VA hospital, which in West Virginia was a two-hour drive. And like I said, I don't have to be in politics, but if they want me, all they have to do is come knocking. You just have to be willing to step up to the plate. Politics is ugly because let me tell you something. When you throw your hat to run for office, they won't just go after you. They go after your children. They go after your wife. They, and, and I mean, it's literally like where it, sometimes they say things where it's on spot with throwing hands. That's it. Uh, because that's how dirty these people will get. And that's what they do. Uh, I mean, they've told, they, they spread rumors saying that uh, the guy who tried to murder me was having an affair with my wife. I mean, that's the kind of bullshit that they were trying to say. And you know what? I mean, to me, it's better for me just to get away from them because the truth is I'd love nothing more than to make them shit their teeth. That's gotta be, I mean, I can't even imagine you think I'm getting into this because I want to do right by the people. I want to improve my state, my district. And then to find out all the dark, deep shit that goes on, I'm sure that's got to be disillusioning and going, what the fuck am I doing? I was Pardon winning. Me. I was winning when Donald Trump came to West Virginia the first time. He stood on a stage and he called me a stone cold, crazy wacko. Donald Trump, and we watched my numbers start to plummet. He come a second time and painted me with the caravan. And we watched my numbers drop. But that's the thing is that these people, they will hate you. Because why? Because Trump told them to hate you. I understand that there was, a, there was a period of time where, especially in West Virginia, I always talk about this one area. There was an area, it was called Rossmore. Rossmore had 88 registered voters in Rossmore. An election went by, one person showed up on election day and actually voted. One. Out of all 88 voters, one showed up at the polls and voted. Those people should have sewage running through their friggin' sink waters, but they should have. That's what they deserve. But the balance side about it is, is that as soon as Donald Trump come on the, 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 the scene and started talking about these Mexican rapists and shit like that, 88 of those friggin' assholes then showed up at the polls because they got to support their Donald Trump. And they wear that. I could show you houses that literally the Trump flag in the window is the nicest thing about the house. You know, the, the, the friggin' flag, the, the, the friggin' flag on the front porch is holding that, that friggin' structure standing. They live in pure squalor. But I mean, it's rebel flags and Trump flags. And, and yet, you know, that's all they care about. And if you aren't for Trump, well, then fuck you. That's how they feel. That's, that, they that's, feel. that's the beauty of Haas. Where he lives, he doesn't have to deal with any of that shit. Uh, Vienna doesn't worry about all that. No. Yeah, Europe. It, it, let me tell you, Europe is absolutely amazing. And like I said, I just spent 50 days traveling across Europe. 
just got back a week ago, but I spoke to people. I met people in Barcelona. I met people uh, in, in uh, uh, Croatia, in, in Bulgaria, uh, in, in Brussels, in, Ber in Berlin, and in Scotland, and every one of them were the same. You know, we don't understand why America has this fetish with Donald Trump. You know, everybody else who has any intelligence and reads can tell that the guy was an absolute shyster, didn't give a shit about nobody. He's a racist asshole. Anybody who reads Michael Cohen's book, which I which I recommend, because Michael Cohen absolutely painted the picture and said in 2018, they come together in the summer and they said, if we don't win in 2020, we're automatically going to scream. It was a lie. It was a hoax. We were cheated. They, they, they come up with these plans years ago. You know, Mary Trump, her book paints a picture that Donald Trump was a little bastard growing up. I mean, his brother was on his deathbed and Trump chose to go to the movies instead of say goodbye to his own flesh and blood. So let that shit kind of sink in. That tells you about Donald Trump. And people in Europe know that that shit is garbage. And people in Europe are looking at me going, everybody's going crazy over gas. How much is it over here? It's double over in Europe in most places. Yeah, and I think I think that's the part that I keep struggling to reconcile in my mind, which is if if people I I've met that I consider intelligent, you know, will support a man like that, and you just wonder like how can you not see him for what he is? So I, I I go to a darker place and assume there's probably other things behind the scenes that they agree yeah. with, whether it yeah, is the yeah. racism they or they do they do they agree they agree with racism they don't want to compete. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you everybody this. There's a movie. It's called A Day Without a Mexican. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. And basically, this movie is about all these people. It starts out where, you know, the guy gets up, puts his suit on. You know, he's taking off for work. And here comes, you know, uh, 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 Maria, who is the Mexican uh, nanny that's going to watch the children all day. And he basically doesn't even acknowledge her, walks past her, gets in his car, drives away. Uh, you know, drives by some Mexicans that are out there that are cleaning the sides of the streets, doesn't even give a shit, doesn't pay attention to them, drives off, blah, 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 goes by the fields and the Mexicans are out there picking the vegetables and the fruits and they don't give a shit. He doesn't care, drives on. And then one day they wake up and Maria's not there and everybody's looking around and they're like, where are the Mexicans? And the rest of the movie is focused on them having to finally step up and do the work themselves, pick the fruits and vegetables, watch their own damn kids, clean up their own damn streets. And finally, the movie comes to a point where they finally realize we really miss the Mexicans. They did so much for us. We can't operate without the Mexicans. And then this massive cloud around the city all of a sudden lifts. And here comes walking the Mexicans and everybody hugs them and, and greets them. You know, these people don't want to compete. These people don't want to compete. They're racist. And the thing about it is, is you're sitting here. You don't want to compete with these people. And the truth is, is they'll outwork you. They will outwork you. My family is Mexican. I come, I'm Mex my name is Mex, actually Ohana. But well, they Americanized it in the coal industry in West Virginia. But I'm going to tell you right now, my father just turned 80 years old. And I, I don't think anybody can work side by side with him. He gets up at 630 in the morning and he'll swing a friggin' hammer and a friggin' and an axe and work a weed eater and a, and a chainsaw and cut down trees. That's what he's done his whole life. That's how he is. And oh, by the way, my father is a graduate from the Mayo Clinic. He put people to sleep for 55 years with anesthesia. You know, he's not just some Mexican. My father absolutely is highly educated. Our house that we're building is going to have a library in it because we're building a family style home and my parents are living with us. 
But I'm telling you right now, you know, Mexicans are not lazy people at all. Most of them will come here to America. They work their ass off. And when they get paid, they send 50% or more back home to their families. And they will live in squalor in America while they take care of their families because all they want is a better life. And these people are friggin' jealous. And a lot of them are scared because they know if a Guatemalan can walk to West Virginia, make no mistake about it, they can take your job. They can and believe it or not, the company owners will be more than happy to give them your job because they know that they'll work their ass off 10, 12 hours a day. They'll never bitch about it at all. And that pay that they're going to get from the coal industry is a hell of a lot more pay than any place else they've ever been. So that's that's why these people are scared. And deep down, they're racist. They're racist. And we know it. And, you know, mm. even in the military, we we all knew people that were racist. I had a freaking guy when I was a platoon leader in the 37th Engineer Battalion that freaking invited me to his house one time. Freaking had a goddamn swastika thing on his wall. The fuck, man! I didn't stay long. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No shit. Um, You know, it's interesting because we're trying to inform the larger conversation. I like to pivot real quick back to January sixth in terms of the fucked up approach to politics in America and what happened on that day. You know, from your perspective, in terms of being in politics on the ground level, something none of us have done. You know, and hearing a lot of the stuff that has gone on or, or went on that day in terms of where we were at and, you know, calling the election a fraud and that it's being stolen and all the things that they were trying to accomplish from the Proud Boys and so forth. What does that inform in terms of the wider picture of American politics that something like that can happen where the president can stand up and say, hey, march on Capitol Hill? The conversation about, you know, them saying we're going to Capitol Hill to hang Mike Pence and Trump almost by default or implicitly supporting that, that action going, you know, or not saying, no, don't do it. You know, what does that mean for the state of American politics that, that a president can do that? How does he get held accountable? What is the ultimate goal in terms of these hearings and what happens and what we're seeing and how does that play out for somebody that, you know, from a presidential standpoint, he's considered a president, he gets a secret service uh, detail, how does that work? I mean, we're showcasing that this guy is a piece of shit and yet we're still by and large supporting him from a taxpayer standpoint. He gets the secret service. He, he gets this kind of autonomy as a president. What does that mean? Until he is convicted and understand that the January six hearings are really all about trying to wake people up. The department of justice is the one who can actually do something. These January 6th hearings can't send anybody to jail. But what they're doing is they're trying to educate these people out there. And the truth is, is understand when I was telling you about the 88 registered voters and only one voted, it wasn't until Donald Trump come along and Donald Trump convinced those racist ass people out there that they needed him and that he was one of them. They couldn't even walk and play one round of golf on one of his clubs. He wouldn't allow it. But that's the thing. Make it to the door. Do what? They wouldn't yeah. even make it to the door. Well, they wouldn't even let me make it to the door. I went to Mar-a-Lago <laughs> and they told me when I walked through the front gate, you need to leave. So, yeah, and, 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 you know, but, but that's the thing is that's how they are. But the January 6th hearings is about trying to educate people and hoping that people wake up. And I'm telling you, I believe that some of them will. You know, the Lincoln Project exists because Republicans finally said, look, we're done with Donald Trump. And they've been hammering him ever since. There's a lot of Republicans. When you watched Bill Barr say, I told him it was bullshit. Now, what they're highlighting and they're going to show is that 
Donald Trump and the rest of the people that surrounded him knew without a shadow of a doubt that he did not win, but they pushed those lies anyway. And those lies culminated with people absolutely showing up at the Capitol, ready to fight. And oh, by the way, we also know that behind the scenes, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers knew that they were going to go and they were going to start these fights. Steve Bannon knew it. Roger Stone knew it. They knew this. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to try to get this crowd to go along with them. And in the hopes that once they started the fighting, that the crowd would basically go into the mob rules. And that's exactly what happened on January 6th. That's why you got so many people that were civilians that just said, look, man, we got caught up in this shit. Yeah, we just started seeing people throwing punches and we jumped in with the, in the fray. And, and that's the key. And that's what the January 6th is trying to do. It's trying to educate people, wake people up because the Department of Justice is going to have to do their job. And the Department of Justice has everything. And Merrick Garland is absolutely amazing. Nobody knew that they were going to go after uh, Rudy Giuliani until they kicked in his door and took all of these friggin' cell phones and shit. You see what I'm saying? So the reason for this is because Merrick Garland is at a level where you cannot have a mistake. Dave will tell you because Dave and I both have done military investigations and they will tell you in the beginning, you have to go down every rabbit hole. You've got to make sure that every I is dotted and every T is crossed because the moment that you give your found findings over and finally it goes to the top guy who's going to decide whether or not this guy goes to prison or not. If they find that you were lax and you didn't answer questions or you didn't go down the rabbit holes and that you didn't provide them with a 100% solid investigation, your career is over. The same thing goes with Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland cannot, he cannot risk just throwing bullshit out there that gets beat in court. Plus, so don't you think he's got an ax to grind? I mean, Who? he should be Merrick Garland. He should, he should be sitting in the Supreme Court, right? Like, well, well you know, Merrick I mean, Garland should be. Merrick Garland probably should be. But at the end of the day, as a Department of Justice, he's absolutely going to do a lot more than he ever could I as agree. a Supreme Court justice. I agree. And, and, and here's the thing. The January 6th committee also is laying out this information so that every everyday average person can see this and go, wow, that was illegal. We now know that Donald Trump pushed the big lie, even though he was told you didn't win, even though your pollsters told you we found nothing. There was no there's there, which and, and, and once again, Mark Meadows and them, they all continued pushing the big lie. They all continued pushing it. And at the end of the day, these people should be held accountable. And with the January 6th is evidence that they're showing the world. Basically, what it says is, hey, Merrick Garland, what are you waiting on? Because we've all seen the evidence. We know who is guilty and we know that something needs to be done. And it's your responsibility as a Department of Justice to do your job. And then I think we're going to finally see our president in handcuffs moment. And I'll tell you this. If you've never heard of a guy by the name of Glenn Kirshner, he has a show on YouTube called Justice Matters. Watch him because he is a brilliant legal mind. And holy shit, man, he makes me feel like they are going to absolutely stick it to Donald Trump. And I hope they do. I want that son of a bitch to freaking die in prison fighting over a little <laughs> Debbie snack cake. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a beautiful thing. Yep. That would be a beautiful thing. Yep. It, 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 let me ask this. I, I think we probably know the answer, but, you know, absent, uh, probably everybody's waiting to see what happens with Trump before deciding on the next presidential election. It's got to be DeSantis, right? DeSantis or like Abbott. 
Oh, well, you know, I don't know. DeSantis has done some really nasty things, uh, but DeSantis is somebody that probably could get the Trump crowd to follow him because that's what the Republican Party needs. The Republican Party needs the toothless inbred assholes to follow suit because that's their base now. That's their base. <laughs> their base is no longer anybody that has any intelligence because anybody that's got any intelligence has already cut ties with the Republican Party. So DeSantis, I think that, I think that Abbott is going to get beat. I think Beto is going to beat Abbott. Uh, and you know, I, I don't understand how Ted Cruz can stick around. I, don't I mean, either. I mean, you Jesus. know, Ted Cruz trying to tell everybody how the electrical grid is Joe Biden's problem when Texas has their own electrical grid. And because of corrupt politicians on the state level, they had, you know, 700 people freeze to death one night. Uh, so I think Abbott is pretty much done. Uh, I think Josh Hawley is going to be drugged through the garden on this, but I do think that, uh, only if, Donald Trump is indicted and goes to jail because that's why DeSantis is still kind of walking on a razor's edge because he knows if he says now I'm running, Trump's going to go against him because Trump doesn't want nobody to go mm-hmm. against him. That's how it is. But I mean, you know, look at the things that, that, uh, that DeSantis is doing. DeSantis just now passed a bill that basically says nobody sits in the hospital alone. <laughs> well, well, how come you didn't push that two years ago, asshole? When COVID was running rampant and people were dying and you guys were bringing tractor trailer uh, refab uh, uh, coolers down here to put bodies in, you know, you didn't have a problem with that back then because you knew that if you told people they could go in and visit, more people would die. But now that COVID is starting to dissipate, now all of a sudden these guys are trying to come off and act like they're badasses and they're and they're willing to step up to the plate and do what's right. Fuck them. Ain't worth the shit. Let me tell you something. None of them are tough, by the way. Either. None of them. Uh, Ted Cruz, my daughter would stomp him like a narc at a bike rally. <laughs> little curb stomping. Guarantee. Guarantee. I have no love for Dick Santis uh, living in the state of Florida and seeing the just fucking train wreck that that man is. And, and what's interesting, because I think you actually said it, was it, did you actually say Marjorie Trainwreck Green? Yeah, fuck her. Okay, good. <laughs> she ranks right up there with Amy Cunty Barrett for me uh, in terms of useless individuals. Look, I got some guys, you know, believe it or not, I served in one of the most elite units in the United States military. Back in the day, it was called the 264th Engineer Company, and it was the only airborne bridge unit in the world. When I was a young sergeant, I was jumping out of planes in the 264th Engineer Company. And shit, I done forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> what did you say first? What did you say first? Uh-oh. What did you, you say a Big first? Mac moment. Hey, it's called TBI, TBI. You, so you, you are first? officially part of the podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What were you saying? Forgot. What were you saying? Fat Thor, what were you saying? You, you uh, said you called her Marjorie Trainwreck Green. Trainwreck Green. Yeah, I was yeah, talking and then about you said a- Amy Cohen, Coney Barrett, and Amy Cunty Barrett. OJ, you said they're not tough. I think yeah, what politicians aren't tough. No, yeah. no, they're not tough. None of them are tough. But I'm trying to sit and think what I was talking about with Marjorie Trainwreck Green. Uh, oh, at the time you said it. Oh, fuck, I don't remember. I just remember you said it, and my mind kind of snapped off. I was like, "That's oh. great, Trainwreck <laughs> Green." <laughs> Shit. And, and obviously, we can. Edit all that this doesn't matter. No, 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 I, I don't give a shit, man. Everybody knows that. I've, I've taken a lot of freaking hits to the head. It's all good. No big deal. Well, OJ, I, I, I haven't taken as many as you, and we do it too. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll be in the middle of a thawing going. I, I was super passionate it. up until I got into the woods and looked around, right. like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> exactly. That's part of what makes our show our show. That's what we love. Um. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. And again, having you on and having that perspective, I think is kind of crucial 
because none of us are politicians. We have not been in the trenches in terms of politics. And I know you said like you didn't get into like you never imagined a future where you were in politics, but you came back after the military. You looked at West Virginia like this is just a kind of a shit show of a situation. And I'm going to jump in and and try to make an impact. Clearly, I think from what you've said, that did not work out the way you'd hoped. And you saw a lot of bullshit when you were trying to do things. So in terms of the state of politics, where do we go from here? I know the the Republicans are fucked up. The Democrats are fucked up. There's some moderates in the middle that seem to have their shit together. But by and large, we seem to be, there seems to be this division where we're getting extreme right and extreme left. How do we kind of bring everything back to the middle? Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, we have to look at the education system. I think that we need to stop allowing the fucking wrestling coach to teach civics. Uh, <laughs> hey, wait a know. minute. I was a wrestling. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, you know look, what we're seeing here is we're realizing now that we're fighting against the educated and the poorly educated. I hate to say it. You know, if you if you right now still think that Donald Trump is like us, Donald Trump's one of us and he cares mm-hmm. about us. You're the poorly educated. You are the poorly educated. And, you know, it's about trying our best to educate people. We should bring back the freedom doctrine. The freedom doctrine basically said that you had to have integrity in the news. Guess what? I tell people all the time, if you want to really watch the news and get your shit right, watch BBC, watch Al Jazeera, watch some shit over in Europe, because they still have standards. We don't. We have allowed Fox News to absolutely push bullshit to people that they know will eat it up. And that's places, you know, West Virginia, uh, I say it, I tell people all the time, I say, it's going to take 20 years when West Virginians finally wake their asses up, when they finally wake their asses up and start going to the polls to fix the problems, it's going to take 20 years to see the results because they have fallen for these dumbass sacks of shit for so long that West Virginia has a super majority Republican. You know, the Democrats on day one of every legislative session gets told, and I was there, we have a super majority. We really don't give a shit what you guys want uh, because we're going to pass what we want. The only thing that we did was we went in there every day and we fought these son of a bitches face-to-face on the cameras to expose every one of them. And behind the scenes in the committees, absolute some of the most underhanded shit you've ever seen in your life we were about to kill a bill that was basically allowing the company owners to take away the countermeasures that keep cranes from falling over when the crane falls over people die and the republicans were completely fine with friggin taking away that capability because they were getting their pockets greased and the company owner was thinking if a crane falls and two people get killed, I'll write them a check for $100,000 each. And that's still cheaper than me putting the countermeasures around these cranes to keep them from falling. We were going to win. We were going to win. I was high-fiving with freaking Doug Facemeyer and freaking uh, uh, shit, one of the other senators. We were happy. We were going to win. This bill was going to be killed. And the freaking guy that was the chairman at the time called for a recess. And this is a guy who claims to be a coal miner and cares about the working class, Republican, lying sack shit. Next thing you know, 15 minutes, he gavels us back in and all of the Republicans that were not there 
we're now sitting in their chairs and they voted us down. They voted us down. That's the kind of shit people need to see. That's the kind of shit people need to know. And until people know that stuff and see the underhanded tactics that these people use, especially these Republicans, especially now where you have a group of Republicans that are refusing to acknowledge the truth. And now they're going to stand with the big lie bullshit, even though January 6th commission is going to show how they're all full of shit. But that's a problem. We've got to figure out how we can either turn this shit around and educate people or send those people that refuse to do any friggin' damn research at all back to the couches on election day. <laughs> Amen to that. It's one of the things we talk about on the show on a regular basis is when you're getting your information, don't get it from one source. Don't get it from a Fox news, get it from multiple places, do your due diligence, get the fucking information. Because if you just get it from one place, you just look like an idiot I do, and it I doesn't do a, matter. Yeah. I do an hour long live every night at eight o'clock. And, uh, you know, I will tell you, it takes me at least three hours to put that together uh, because I get up every day. All I do is give myself one spot to run to the gym. And that's it. Other than that, I'm sitting in front of the computer. I'm reading news articles. I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm, 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 I'm using everything that I can to try to put together a decent one hour to try to educate people, uh, you know, and, and it's my duty. That's my duty. That's your all's duty. You know what you guys are doing right here? You don't realize it. I don't know how big your fan base is, but I hope that it picks up. And I'll tell you this. You send me this link, and I'll run it on my show. I got 134,000, 136,000. No, I know 139,000 followers on, on Twitter. Uh, I got 131,000 followers on Facebook. I'll push this as well. And once again, let me tell you something. I've enjoyed this, you know, and I'm really happy to reconnect with Dave. You know, me and Dave Likewise. go back to the freaking back to, to, to the day he come up in the same damn place I come up in. Uh, so make no mistake about it, man. I, I love these kind of conversations. I don't give a shit to argue with anybody. I'm a, and, and once again, I don't know everything. I'm not the smartest guy. I mean, I volunteered to jump out of fucking airplanes. So I'm not that <laughs> How smart can you be? Yeah, can't be that damn smart. But I tell you what, man, I enjoy uh, getting with people that have like mind uh, you know, thoughts. And, 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 you know, when I first come on here, I thought at first I was like, holy shit, man, uh, this may be one of these things where I go at it because there might be one or two serious, you know, you know, uh, conservative folks in here that are Trump supporters. But like I said, I don't give a shit. I'll do what I got to do. But, <laughs> not, not in this room, buddy. But, 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 that's, but, but see, that's the thing is that, you know what, this absolutely, uh, this could, this could do very well. And, and, and I'll tell you, if I can help get this out, and let me tell you something. I'm on the Stuttering John podcast about three times a week. Uh, I'm on the Rick Smith show at least twice a week. I was on uh, Sky News Live out of London yesterday. Uh, you know, it, you know, I was on I was on the Bill Maher show on the 24th of September on HBO. I do all kinds of shit. I don't know why people want to hear what I got to fucking say. But, uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed it. Because you're a voice of reason and truth. Right. Well, I appreciate that because that's what I think. But then I get into a lot of arguments with a lot of people, too. But fuck yeah, well, some people <laughs> just like to argue to argue, though. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, look, I am who I am. And that's the thing is that I don't I don't hold it back. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to I'm not going to walk on eggshells around you. Uh, if I think you need told to fuck off, I'm going to take the fuck off. Hey, uh, Jerry, is, is that true as well when your wife says, hey, uh, honey, does this does these jeans make my butt look fat? Do, do you tell her the truth? 
Or do you oh, do like yeah. the rest? Okay. <laughs> He's like, <"Ass> <laughs> He's like uh, no, I, the jeans don't make your ass look fat. Your ass make your ass uh, look fat. Like, no, no, it's, it's a sack of pumpkin seeds you got in the back pocket. That's it. <laughs> no, I was, I, my wife's pretty hot. so He's <laughs> like, I don't fuck about yeah. He's like, let me uh, just explain. I don't have that uh, we, all, uh, we all have a running joke about... Uh, <laughs> yeah. first. Yeah. What is it? What is it? Uh, the key, the key and pill show. Yeah. I, 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 I said, I said, I said, I said bitch. <laughs> yeah. He gets it. He gets it. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, at the end of the day, Richard, we do appreciate you being here. It has been a phenomenal episode. Uh, you know, if you can push this out, I appreciate it. I'm send me, I, Dave. You send me these links. I'll push them out on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and, and and I'll tell you, you'll get some followers here. Uh, and if you want to let me know, like, when this goes live and stuff like that, so I can put, post this, because I'll make sure you got a lot of people watching this episode. And like I said, guys, I'll tell you right now, man, if you want to talk about a conversation or something like that, and you need you need my perspective, Dave, you give me a yell, I'm on, brother. Absolutely. Oh, I love Absolutely. it. Appreciate I love it, OJ. Really uh, you know, it's one of those things. We get together week in and week out, and we do this, and and no topic is off the table. We talk about everything, you know, Lately, it's been gun control, Ukraine, abortion. You know, we've talked about the legalization of marijuana. We will talk about anything. It doesn't matter. It's just one of those. We're just trying to start a conversation and then let the listener kind of decide what's their approach to the topic. How do they feel about it? Good, bad, or indifferent. I would have have loved to have been a part of every one of these conversations. So. Okay, well, we're going to start over. We're going to do them all yep. again. The redo cut. Hey, the redo. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm going to tell you, I'll take this and I'll post this on Facebook. I'll post this on Twitter uh, and you'll start picking up some followers. Guaranteed. Well, as as these gentlemen will tell you, our four followers, they're dedicated, but there's four of them, uh, which is, of course, bullshit. But that's okay. I'll, I'll let them live whatever. <laughs> yeah, because I to. don't listen. So that's only three no, of us. Right. There's only three. <laughs> Three followers. Well, I, I tell you, uh, you know, I, I I think you guys, uh, the way that you're talking about things, I, I I think that you know, especially the people that support me and follow me, I think that they would appreciate uh, this type of conversation. So awesome, uh, yeah. Whatever I can yeah. do, man, I'm gay. Yeah, we just. I, I, we want people to be thinking about the conversation. It, it isn't. We're not. We you don't realize, have to agree with. We this. respect that we can't solve the problem. Yep, but exactly. the conversation has to be had. And that's what we always talk about here. Maybe it's over a drink. It's a beer. It's a cocktail, whatever it is. But it's really for us. Just if to I can only save one Trump supporter. I feel like I've done my duty <laughs> Amen. as a human being. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, uh, we've yeah. had a couple. Where we were all pretty drunk. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that happens. Yeah, it does. It does happen. Well, uh, I'll just have to make sure next time we do this, I have a decent beer. I, I yeah, it, it's it's funny i was uh you know i i, I should have given you more warning in the sense of like what all you wanted to have but because i well, i didn't mention we because you know oj somebody here in this podcast works at a brewery so i, yes. I know that I, there's I, no I excuse it. there's no damn excuse you shouldn't have there isn't beer. there isn't thanks rolling the bus over me is it the southern pines is that is you, you work for the Southern Pines Brewery? Southern right? Pines Brewing Company. Yes, well, hell, I, I was. I, I didn't know if that was. I was thinking. I was in a store yesterday, uh, and I saw Southern Pines. Uh, so I got, dude. I got to swing out there, man, and and, and find oh, yeah. what I like, man. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll do some tastings. We'll tour the tour the brewery. We'll get you hooked up with some beer to take back. Well, oh, you yes. know, I, I go on the Stuttering John's podcast all the time too, and uh, he always every once in a while he brings me on his thing. He calls it the beer on the balcony. 
Uh, and, and the only people that can be a part of that are, are subscribers to his Patreon and all that stuff. But it's a pretty good crowd. And of course, you know, it's all about having a conversation while you're drinking your, your, your beer. And uh, Stuttering John, man, is really a cool guy. You guys, I don't know if you guys, you know him talking about Stuttering John. He used to be on the Howard Stern show. Yes. Okay, now that you've said that, yes. Stuttering John is freaking hilarious. He does a podcast called The Stuttering John Show. His name is really John Melendez. I went to Los Angeles, and he invited me to one of his comedy shows. So he and I are backstage, and, and we're we're drinking some beers with, and, and I forget some of these guys that were back there, but these are people that, like, I saw on movies and things like that. They're all, you know, actors and comedians and stuff. And it ends up with me and Stuttering John at Corey Feldman's 50th birthday party, freaking <laughs> getting drunk, drinking beers with Bud Bundy. You know, <laughs> we had a blast, man. So, yeah, nice. but, but I do the beer on the balcony. That's what he does. Everybody drinks. Everybody pulls out their beer and and and, and has a good conversation. So, yeah, I mean, I, I tell you, uh, good stuff. And I appreciate it. And I, well, I, I'd love to be a part of it. You know, oh, at the yeah, end of the I, day, Grinch has never invited any of us to tastings or that brewery is fucking tours. I know, <laughs> right? Never said, said he's in his home. Never was there. Yeah, there was never. Hey, you motherfuckers! Yeah, hey, hey, and we'll do some Reaper whiskey when we get together. <laughs> there you Brother, go. let me tell you something. Hey, hey, if if it's gonna be like that, uh, you know, I can I can tell you where I live. You can pick me up, and my wife can come get me when we're done. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm game, brother. You say the word, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I said, I, I'm retired, and and I do what I do, but uh, I can always take a break for a couple hours and go do some tasting at the at the Southern Pines Brewery, man. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I'll reach out to you. We'll do, we'll make it happen this week. All right, guys. I appreciate each and every one yeah, of y'all. Thank man. you so much. Thank you, Richard. It was great, great being here. here. Thanks, let OJ. Me know, hey. Let me know if you if you want somebody. Just let me know, and I'll be there, brother. Uh, what was thank you. Uh, uh, real quick, Jim Gershner. You said was the name no, Glenn Kirshner, and it's K R K I R S C H N E R. Okay, you were close, Haas. Not to be confused with Jared Kushner, who's a douchebag. Yeah, uh, but uh, let me tell you something. Watch that guy's stuff. Yep. Glenn I've, Kirk, I've, and, I've, and he comes on the Studying John podcast with me quite often. And I'm telling you, man, he is legitimately one of the most brilliant legal minds. And he will really make you feel good about what the hell is going and what's coming for Donald Trump. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to check it out. Thank you. All right, guys. I'll see y'all. Appreciate you. All right, gentlemen. Thank, thank you, you so much. All righty. All right. So we will leave it there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. We appreciate you being a part of this episode. Uh, thank you to Richard Ojeda for being a part of it. Uh, former military uh, senator from West Virginia who gave us his perspective on January 6th, as well as the state of politics in America. Uh, as always, check us out at aspiriteddebate.com. You can check out all of the drinks that we have here. Uh, any of the episodes, you can check us out in the vault. Uh, feel free to listen to them. As always, you can go to the Quattro Yanetes. Is that right? Yanetes? Quattro Yanetes. It's J I N E T E S. The Quattro Yanetes. The so four horsemen. Yanetes. <laughs> or, or we could be the Caballeros. There you go. Cowboys. You <laughs> check know. out the four horsemen at dispiritedebate.com. <laughs> drop us a line there. You can check out, uh, or I'm sorry, not check out. You can't check out shit there. You can actually drop us a line. You can tell us a drink you'd like us to try topic you'd like to debate we'd love to have you on the show much like richard uh we would love to get you on and use our platform to talk about whatever you'd like to talk about or just ask us a question and we will absolutely answer it for you there uh as always gentlemen thank you so much for being here thank you to richard ojeda for being a part of the show looking forward to hopefully doing more with him in the future as always gentlemen love you guys thank you so much and we will do this again next week 
The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Aspirated Debate podcast series or any affiliated podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests involved and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the host or guests may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. While guests are invited to listen, listeners acknowledge that they are not being provided professional advice from the podcast or its guests. The content within the parameters of a Spirited Debate podcast series or any affiliated podcast are for entertainment and educational purposes only. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual.